Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective, featuring the friars from St. Patrick Church in Columbus. And now, Dominican Dimensions. Welcome to the Dominican Dimensions, a half-hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's begin with a prayer. Hail Mary, full full of grace, grace, the Lord Lord is with thee. Blessed Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to speak about the beginnings of the church at the foot of the cross. Uh, beginnings are very important, uh, especially when when God is doing the beginning, when God is doing the uh, the 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 initiation, and in in at the foot of the cross, we see, especially in the Gospel of John, we see how Jesus giving himself up on the cross mm-hmm. is beginning something. He is not only laying down his life or his bride, uh, the church, he is also um, beginning something new. And so this is the, the if you want, the end of one thing and another. So this is John 19 we're in. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, so he has offered the, this perfect sacrifice of a mm-hmm. human life, sinless in all its ways. He has done it so in love, obeying his Father's will, mm-hmm. embracing death, even death on a cross, you know, even you know, taking all, all the degradation and the cruelty, uh, all, the, all the burden that sin puts on a human heart, he bears, and bears it fully and completely and more deeply than any of us ever have. And um, as he declares that this new Passover of his, this mm-hmm. fourth cup of the Passover, that is the sponge of wine to take into his lips, mm-hmm. he declares that it is finished, something new is beginning. Mm-hmm. And precisely, it is this manifestation of the church, which is the fruit of his, uh, his labors, uh, as he begins to be, to be shown not only king and priest, and a prophet more than the prophet, the word of God come in the flesh, but as a bridegroom mm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I think this is uh, especially evidenced by uh, one of the people who's at the foot of the cross. Now, the ones that are mentioned at the foot of the cross at, in John's Gospel are uh, Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, and then we have three other women mentioned, uh, his mother's sister, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Now, these three, actually, these last three, appear in all the Gospels in one form or another. Mm. And they are sometimes called in the Eastern Church the myrrh-bearing women because their function is to be the witnesses of his death and resurrection. Mm. So these are the women who saw him die, handled his dead body in preparing it for burial. Uh, these are the ones who, who came to the tomb with more spices— on Easter morning, and then saw him alive Hmm. and went to tell the apostles, or were afraid to tell the apostles, depending on which gospel you're reading. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but these three 
function as those who have seen what Christ has accomplished and now can testify about it. Mm. And this is something that is part of being the church, to testify. It will lead to your giving witness, Jesus says, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, that this is what the church is for, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, but as I said, uh, with our Blessed Lady, I think it more powerfully points out that he, Christ, has become a bridegroom and the body that is forming at the bottom of the cross is his bride. Mm. So in John's gospel, our blessed lady appears only in two places, chapter 19, as we said, but then in chapter 2 at the wedding feast of Cana. Right. And at the wedding feast of Cana, Jesus mentions his crucifixion. Mary says to him, you know, they have no more wine. And Jesus says, uh, what is this between you and me, woman? My hour has not yet come. My, in John's gospel, his hour is always the hour of the cross. Mm. So Jesus says, "Why are you talking to me about my crucifixion?" And you know, I can, I, uh, I, I, I have this vision of my own mother, sort of how she react to this, and <laughs> sort of turning to the students, sort of rolling her eyes and saying, "You know, do whatever he tells you. He's in prophet mode." You know? <laughs> P-R-O-P-H-E-T. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But he, but he brings, uh, but he changes the water into the wine. We all know that story. And when the steward, you know, goes to investigate, who does he call? Not Jesus, not Mary, not the servants. He calls the bridegroom mm-hmm. because in the first century, it seems, that it was the bridegroom's responsibility to provide the wine. Hmm. And a good thing, too. Can you imagine if anything for the rest of that marriage that had gone wrong, if Jesus hadn't shown up, you know? Right. This is just like the day we were married. You, know? <laughs> you, know? you yeah. didn't bring enough wine. Right. Uh, but so he does a bridegroom's work there mm-hmm. in, in something he's already connected to his cross. Mm. And so when we come to chapter 19, we should not be surprised, I think, to find that he's become a new Adam precisely as the bridegroom. Mm. That like Adam, he has been cast into a deep sleep, the sleep of death. Right. Okay? And his side is opened up, mm-hmm. not by the hand of God, but by the force of a soldier's lance and the weight of our sins. Mm. You know? And then from the side issues not the rib that formed Eve, but something much more intimate and deeper, the blood and water that flow from his pierced heart. Right. And the church has always seen the water as the symbol of baptism and the blood as the symbol of the Holy Eucharist, the life of God, the life of Christ, which is actually communicated to us in our Holy Communion. Right, so the church is... Life is in the blood, God says to Noah. Yeah, the bridegroom, his side is open, and instead of... A rib being taken out, it's his, the very blood and water from his very heart. That's right. That, that flows forth and, mm-hmm. that, and that begins to, to flow and continues to flow. You know, because those are the ways in which in the church, if you think about, you know, how are we, how do we become part of the church? How is the church mm-hmm. um, increased? How is the church continue to be to grow it's through and baptizing and through exactly the in these two streams we as christians find our origins in god mm-hmm. and our life in god mm. and so we like salmon seeking the place of their spawning we we find our 
life and destiny in these two streams, mm. you know, and in seeking out their origins in the pierced heart of Christ. Right. So, so this is the the, the work of the bridegroom, mm-hmm. and if and it is at the foot of the cross that I think we see the body of the bride first forming. Yes, Pentecost mm-hmm. is a place of, of the manifestation of the Spirit and power, but the Spirit is also handed over here. John says, right, because that remind me because you said that the side, the new Adam, his side is opened mm-hmm. in a Genesis. You know, Eve doesn't pop out ready-made. Right, you know. God forms her from yeah, the rib. He that's fashions right. her. Yeah. You know, there's a process implied there. That's right. You know, so I guess we see at the foot of the cross, God is fashioning, forming, beginning mm-hmm. to form the bride. And also implies, I think, a gift of the Spirit. And man became a living being, says Genesis. Mm-hmm. But what's the difference between a living man and a dead man? The breath. The breath, the Spirit. Right, right, the Spirit. <laughs> Spiritus, ruach, pneuma, whatever you want to use, mm-hmm. whatever sacred language you want to use. Right. They're all nailed to the cross. Yeah, so, so what are the functions of the different people at the foot of the cross, and how do they represent well, I'd the say church? There's an awful lot of Marys, first of all. That's true. Because you have, the, as I said, we have the myrrh-bearing women, uh, we have our bless, and we have our Blessed Lady. Mm-hmm. And among the myrrh-bearing women, we have Mary Magdalene, who I want to talk about, especially when we have some time. You're listening to The Dominican Dimensions, a half hour of lively discussion about Catholic issues from a Dominican perspective. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I'm joined in the studio by my fellow friar, Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. And we've been discussing the beginnings of the church at the foot of the cross, where Christ, the new Adam, whose side was pierced by the soldier's lance, uh, did not have a rib removed from him, as we heard in Genesis, uh, to form the bride of the first Adam, but his very heart was pierced and blood and water came forth. And as that fountain began to flow, um, we see at the foot of the cross, God forming not from a rib, but from a small group of faithful disciples, um, mm-hmm. his church. And uh, so I mentioned the myrrh-bearing women, I mentioned our blessed lady, I mentioned mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene. I should also mention the one who's telling the story in chapter 19, mm-hmm. who is John the Apostle, right. you know, the teenage apostle. Mm-hmm. He's the youngest of them all. He's maybe about 16 at this, at this time. Mm-hmm. And he's the only apostle to come back to the cross. Right. They all ran in the garden. They all betrayed him, including John. Right. But only John comes back mm-hmm. with the... Uh, with the absolute op- courageous optimism of a 16-year-old in my mind, you know. You know, the Romans are looking right. for us. Let's go where there's a bunch of Roman soldiers, right? <laughs> this, we all remember what it was like to be 16. Mm. But, um, but he represents, I think, the apostolic ministry. Mm. You know, uh, at Knock, when uh, we had the vision of Our Lady there, you had Our Lady on one side of the altar on which the Lamb uh, rested, Mm-hmm. Uh, arrayed as a queen, you had John, you know, in bishop's robes and mitre, with his hand holding a gospel book and his finger pointing up to the heavens. Um, you know, in the in a moment of preaching, you know. Mm-hmm. So we have, and it's a very very Eucharistic apparition in my mind. But mm-hmm. I think here you have the same kind of thing going on at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. You have. Uh, the kingship of Christ manifested in the presence of the, his mother, who is his queen. Mm-hmm. You have the uh, you have 
the apostolic ministry, the new priesthood of the Holy Spirit manifested in the presence of John, who is drawn to the foot of the cross by love. Mm, right. You know, for his love for his master, his teacher, uh, the one whom he believes to be son of David and king. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the, the witnesses uh, who, like the first Christians, are able to speak from their own experience of the fact that Christ is risen from the dead. Mm. And that's really important. I'm not sure, I mean, this, this side of our life with him that is not just about book learning or that we've read the catechism, but a real encounter with Christ. This is what mm. they had, the myrrh-bearing women. Right. And that is crucial, crucial for the integrity of the life of Holy Church. Mm. Otherwise, we turn into an ethics club. Right. And we're not that. Right. We are the body of the bride to which the bridegroom has been joined. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is a marriage bond that is mm-hmm. being formed. Mm-hmm. You know, and what God has put together? Let man, no man put us under. Exactly, right. exactly. You cannot separate now bride from bridegroom. That when the bride speaks, she speaks with the voice of Christ mm-hmm. you know, in her teaching, right. in her governance, in her, in her sacramental practice. You right. know, and and Christ will never allow himself to be separated mm-hmm. from the bride he loves and serves and continues to pour out his life and grace for. Mm-hmm. And he is never absent from her, which is why he's always present mm-hmm. in the Holy Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Mm-hmm. He will not be separated from the bride. Right. And and the Mass is a is a wedding feast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at this, yeah, and at the, and at the foot of the cross, also um, we see not just one person who represents yeah. the bride of Christ, but right. a group of people, a little group of people. That's right. But we, it's interesting to look at the relationships between the people. That's right. Because yeah. the church is not just one person; mm-hmm. it's a it's a whole community of persons, you know, uh, which will one day become the communion of of the saints, mm-hmm. you know. But but we see, for for example, in John's gospel, you know, there's a relationship between. The mother of Jesus and the beloved disciple. Yes, you know they aren't just two people right. that happen to be standing in the same place at the same she time. She becomes a mother again. She becomes a mother, and he becomes <clears> one <throat> who who is is turned toward the mother to care for her, to take and, her into his home, and is taken into God's family. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, is taken into God's family. He receives the hospitality of the Most High, mm-hmm. and this is true of all of us. Mm-hmm. This is true of us. So. I mean, f- marriages are about forming families. That's true, right. And this is what the Mass is for. Mm-hmm. It's to form and build and feed the mm-hmm. family of God. Right, yeah, especially through those two streams, the, the water that came from the side of Christ, yeah. the baptism of, of those new people, mm-hmm. you know, who are, by their baptism, share in his death and resurrection and become a member of his body and also... The blood, his Eucharist, by mm-hmm. which they're filled with his life and sustained on their way. And so, I mean, in a sense, the, the, f- the food is shared both ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, we always think, I think of Jesus, you know, performing miracles of feeding, you know, and mm-hmm. providing this new Passover meal in his own body and blood and soul divinity for us in the Holy Eucharist. But, it, I mean, it was, remember, I mean, his, his first taste of human hospitality literally would have been you know, at the breast of our Blessed Lady. That's right. Because yeah. this is what food means. Mm-hmm. It means intimacy. It mm-hmm. means protection. It right. means 
hospitality and building into a family. Right. Right. So we see, yeah, the mother of Jesus and then the beloved disciple John um, joined together, each, each mm-hmm. helping each other. That's right. You know, joined together in love. Um, uh, and then we have the others as well. And one, I know one of the one of the Marys is Mary Magdalene, and she right. has Well, I like the contrast between our Blessed Lady and Mary Magdalene. So mm-hmm. our Blessed Lady is, you know, so the name Mary, just as the name Peter signifies authority in the church, mm-hmm. uh, in her symbology and her art, mm-hmm. so does Mary mean church. Mm-hmm. So we have two different visions of the church, I think, in these two women. Uh, it's the same church, right. but the church has different aspects. The church is... God's perfect creation. It is the bride of Christ. She is to be arrayed in glory someday. And we already see this happening and manifest in the person of our Blessed Lady. Right. You know, who is called from the first moment of her existence to a perfection that no one has had except, you know, Eve and Adam and Christ and mm-hmm. herself that these four people come into the world without original sin, the state of original sin. And, and, uh, and she then manifests as she goes through her life a wonderful perfection of grace. Mm. You know, it's uh, as Christ, Christ was tempted, maybe Our Lady was tempted, there's nothing in the scriptures about that. But what we do know, she, she persists, persists in faith and love and trust. Mm-hmm. You know, blessed is she who believed that the word of the Lord to her would be fulfilled. Right. And that is true even when she stands at the cross to see it looks like the whole hope she had for her son and the truth of Gabriel's words gone and shattered. Hmm. You know, she, has, she maintains this through Holy Saturday. Hmm. You know, the Spanish have a wonderful devotion about this, Our Lady's Solitude, with Our Lady dressed in black but as a queen. Mm-hmm. And her face in... The repose of prayer, absolutely trusting that what God mm. has said, he will fulfill. How he's going to do it now seems humanly impossible, but nothing is impossible with God, right. as Scripture says. And so now she stands as a queen robed in glory, the mm-hmm. Gebera, the great lady, you know, the, the, mother, the queen mother, uh, who stands as her son's uh, chief advisor and a sharer in his power. If we have lived with him, we shall reign with him, has come true perfectly and fully in her. Right. And then there's the other Mary. Mm. There's the, the, uh, the Magdalene, who is um, a penitent, who has had devils cast out of her, according to tradition. Right. Uh, this is the one who loves Christ, comes to the cross as well. But she comes in a, in a different mode than Our Lady's sure and faithful rep- uh, repose in mm-hmm. grace. Uh, she's constantly having to turn to the Lord. And you see this in her own interview with the Lord after the resurrection in John chapter 20. You know, Mary has, uh, Mary and the other mirror-bearing women have come to the tomb. They've found it empty. They go tell Peter and John. They run to the tomb. And now Mary Magdalene is left at the tomb as the others go back and has a vision of angels, which he barely notices. There are two angels sitting on either, <laughs> either end of the stone upon which Jesus rose, and from which I, I have said Mass when I've been to wow. Jerusalem. Oh, it's a wonderful, a wonderful thing. But, um, and then she, she looks around, uh, 
and she sees what she thinks is the gardener. It's Jesus, but she doesn't recognize him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she says, you know, um, you know, I'm sorry sorry to be a bother, you know. Uh, uh, They've taken my Lord away, and they don't know uh, what they have done with them. Um, and I'd be I'd be happy. Just tell, just show me where his body is, and I'll I'll uh, I'll take it away. And it's not till Jesus calls her by name mm. that she that the veil is lifted, and she sees who he mm. actually is. Yeah, her faith is increased, mm. and she sees more clearly with the additional light of faith. And it says she turned to him, but. But she's already facing him. Hmm. So what kind of turning is going on? This is a spiritual turning. Hmm. And she calls him as she's known him, Rabboni, Rabbi. Mm-hmm. And he says, don't cling to me. I have not yet ascended. Okay, But I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. My father, because he's been my father forever, now your father because of what I've done for you. Hmm. Okay, right. My God... Because uh, your God, because he's always been your God, mm-hmm. you know, the one whom you've always sought to have right relationship to uh, what does justice look like before God? How do you live in God's presence? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and my God, because I have made myself one of you, mm-hmm. and now I stand forever as one of you and your high priest interceding with you in glory, in inhumanity, mm-hmm. outside of your time and place for you. Right. And, and I go before you and tell my brothers I go before them into Galilee. And so she constantly is turning to him. Mm. She's learning more. And I don't know about you, but in some ways, I find myself more frequently in the situation of Mary Magdalene right. than Definitely. Our Lady, like yeah. always. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like always. Yeah. But to have to keep turning to him. And this is why we come to Mass again and again. Yeah. Yeah. That we need to keep turning. This is where the light is. This is where the life is. Mm. This is where the flow of grace is. This is where the flow of that life-giving blood is. Right. I mean, it's not enough just to go once. You know, no. Mary Magdalene has to keep. You know, she would. What I think was great is that she keeps coming. She keeps yes. seeking. She never gives up. She That's doesn't right. always know what's doing or what's happening, right. or she she misunderstands. But but she never gives up coming. I think one of the most moving things for me is that. In the Gospel of John, her purpose in coming there because the different timing yeah. in that Gospel, Jesus has already been giving a kingly burial yep. with a hundred right. pounds of, That's right. of fine ointment. That's you right. know, there's really nothing left practically to do. Mm-hmm. So in John's Gospel, she comes there simply to weep. Right. She comes there to mourn and grieve for the one that she's mm-hmm. lost. So. She just will not give up, you know. And that's itself a turning of the heart. Yeah. So, so it's, but it's that, it's that, it's that beautiful refusal to give up. Even it's like, in a way, she loses, she loses her hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she's she she expects to find his body at best. You know? Right. She's not she's not expecting to find a living body. She's right. expecting to find a dead body. Right. You know, but when she can't even find that, mm-hmm. then she goes. She gets upset, but in a way, she's kind of even lost her faith. You know? Yeah, that's right. She, you know, Jesus has said, you know, on the third day, I will rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She doesn't seem to be what does expecting that, mean? that, you know? Well, and the, but, the but, apostles but, argue, what, what does right. that mean? Right. And maybe it's just understanding, but one thing she has not lost is her love. Mm-hmm. Right, sir. You know, you know, faith, hope, and love, you know, these, these are the three great things, but the greatest mm-hmm. of these is love. It is the, it is the love of Christ 
you know, even when the other things have begun to crumble, that brings her right. in it, and that brings her to be the, the apostle, as it were, of the resurrection. Right, yeah. You know. As she proclaims him who is the bridegroom of her soul. Right. Right, but yeah, but the, the idea that as, as Our Lady is sort of the church perfected, yes. you know, the, the church in glory, yeah. the church arrayed in, in gold, you know, yeah. Mary Magdalene is the church on the way. Yeah, in the... You know, not yeah. perfect yet, but definitely on, on, That's right. on the pilgrim road. And moving in the right direction, checking every yeah. so often. and never giving up. In the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, it's an interesting thing that the, their meeting is marked by two circles and the mosaic on the floor. Hmm. And uh, right next to those two circles are the confessionals. Interesting. <laughs> wow, I never knew that. So you can continue to turn and turn and turn as wow. you require. <clears throat> yeah, so he says, so the church at the foot of the cross is Mary, the mother of Jesus, who represents the church as, as she shall be, as mm-hmm. the beautiful bridegroom, perfected and, and, and all made new. Right. We have Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the church on the way, the, the church penitent, the church always turning again and again yeah. toward Christ, which we need to do again and again in our life. And so, and so that as, as the fruit of the cross becomes manifest in the death of Christ... And the preparation for his resurrection, because his death is the preparation right. for his resurrection. You can't be resurrected unless you've <laughs> died first. Yeah, that's an important This is the necessary yeah. door. So when we worship, mm. all this comes true again in our presence as Christ you know, is presented, that his death proclaimed in the separation of his body and blood. This is my body, this is my blood. Mm-hmm. But the risen Christ coming down from the altar under whatever form of the sacrament, to feed his people, to eat and drink with his disciples as he did in the first Easter. So every Mass is Calvary, every Mass is Easter. You could say it's Bethlehem and the whole life Christ as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, other, the other thing is that as the body of Christ appears on the altar, so does the body of the bride manifest itself mm. in front of the altar. Right. And the church, again, continues to assemble at the cross. That's true. Assemble at the tomb. Right. And discover that he's not in the tomb. <laughs> right, right. He's not in the tomb. And just as the, uh, yeah, the murdering women, the beloved disciple, Mary Magdalene and Mary the Mother of Jesus, were all drawn to the cross, so we are drawn forward to the altar. Thank you for joining us today for the Dominican Dimensions. My name is Father Stephen Alcott, and I'm a friar at St. Patrick Priory in Columbus. Today I've been joined in the studio by Father Stephen Dominic Hayes. Let's end with prayer, invoking the intercession of our holy founder, St. Dominic. O light of the Church, teacher of truth, rose of patience, ivory of chastity, freely you have poured forth the waters of wisdom, preacher of grace, unite us to the blessed. Amen. Dominican Dimensions is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Dominican Dimensions and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni,